And my next guest is a colleague of mine on PGA Tour Radio, also the host of T to Green Golf on WGR 550, which you can hear before Golf Talk Canada on Saturday mornings. And also from the Buffalo Sports page, maybe the busiest man in Buffalo, actually, now that I introduce him, my good buddy, Kevin Sylvester. Kev, how's it going this morning, bro? Good, Mark. I try to purport myself as being the busiest man in Buffalo, but nobody believes me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just send them my way, buddy. Listen, before, yeah. before we get into the playoffs, I want to fire you my poll question from Friday here on Toronto Today. And I asked our Twitter audience, between now and Augusta National, if you include all professional tours, including a Hero World Challenge even, between now and Augusta National next year, Tiger Woods will win how many golf tournaments? Here was your choices. One event, two or more, or none. Our Twitter audience, 43% said none, 41% said one, and an astounding, astonishing 16% said none, which caught me off guard. Where you? Where do you fall on this? Well, I think one. I think, I think he's close. I mean, first of all, there is nobody mentally tougher than Tiger Woods. And I could argue in any sport to do, I mean, you, you, Mark, you know, guys with back problems, you know, we both had back problems playing golf. Not as severe as Tiger, but to even have the will to come back and give it a go when, what does he have to prove? Right. I mean, he's won everything. So to do that, always took mentally to just come back is incredible and to compete when he doesn't have his A game, which he clearly did not have the PGA championship. And he almost won. So to say he's not going to win between now and Augusta, nah, I think he's going to figure it out. And I think he'll pull home at least one victory. Yeah, I'm with you. At least one and probably a crack at a couple. And whether you know whether they come down the stretch and gets it, get it done, you know, such a fine line between playing well and winning. But I can't see uh, him not getting one victory between now and the Masters. The FedEx Cup is here. It went out with the bang, Kev. 59 from Sneds. And it might have been the quietest 59, or have we just become like complacent with 59? These guys go so low all the time. But the one thing that I love about this is he gutted it out and found a way to win. Because how often do you and I see 59s or guys threaten 59 with 60, 61, 62, and they walk away is, you know, with a T5 or an eighth place finish? Sneds goes 67, 68, 65 on Sunday, a marathon Sunday after the 59, and actually grabs the W. And to me, that's huge for him going wire to wire. Yeah, it certainly was. And you're right. I mean, you know, we see a 59 seemingly every year now on the PGA Tour. It's a testament to just how good and deep the players are and how aware they are, right? They know they want to hit that number. You know, they want to reach history like everybody else. And for Snedeker in particular, because, you know, I was um, writing my column this morning for buffalosportspage.com, and I was looking at Snedeker's career and Matt Kuchar, right, well, like what that meet, win meant for Brent Snedeker. And I think a lot of people regard Matt Kuchar as the best player without a major victory right now. I think you can say that about Brent Snedeker. He got nine victories. He won a FedEx Cup. He's come close to the Masters a few times. Uh, you know, tied for third is his best finish there. And I think that win vaults him ahead of Matt Kuchar career-wise. Huge win for Brant Snedeker, especially coming off nearly six months missed with injury last year. So it was great to see him finish. The guy is 
I don't want to say underrated, Mark, but maybe underappreciated what he's done in his career. And, I, you know, I tend to agree with you there. And, and, you know, obviously Ricky Fowler is the other name we would go to. And, and Ricky may be a bit of a different case. A similar career in terms of wins. You know, uh, eight professional wins. One of those is on the, well, four PGA Tour wins. He's got a couple of European Tour wins and then a couple of wins kind of spread out all over the place. So, so not as many victories as Kuchar and Seneca, but so many top fives in majors. But when you just put the numbers on the board of what they've won, and the, you know how how valuable those tournaments were. How many times they've knocked on the door? You could make an argument that Snedder Snedeker it holds that title over Fowler and over Kucher for best in the world without a major. Kev, could you are you still with us there? I lost you for a second there. Oh, we've lost Kevin Sylvester. All right, we'll try to get him back. I thought for a second there, you know, I, I went, geez, that was an open-ended question. He really took it as an open-ended question. <laughs> he just left it in wilderness. We'll see if we can get Kevin back on the line. Uh, I know where Kevin's going with that one. I know where he's going. He's suggesting that, you know, if you compare, everybody wants to go to Ricky Fowler, and everybody wants to go to Matt Kuchar as best player in the world without a major. But when you put the numbers on the board, Snedeker's numbers and the value of the tournaments he's won, they've been high-profile events, come knocking on the door many times, played international golf for U.S. Ryder Cup team, President's Cup team. Snedeker's career is as good as Matt Kuchar's, yet he doesn't seem to get the love, doesn't seem to get uh, the stroke when you you get that backhanded compliment. And that backhanded compliment is always best player in the world, Without a major victory, and you know, Rick, and so many guys hold that title for so long. The good news for Ricky, he's still young. Ricky Fowler's still very young, has a, a you know father time still on his side, and has a chance to get it done. The longer you go in the 30s, the odds of you ripping that monkey off your back are not very good. You know, Sergio Garcia did it in 2017 with the Masters. He finally got the monkey off his back, but. The further you go, the later you go in the career, the odds are against you. Lee Westwood, Luke Donald, Colin Montgomery. Uh, you know, these players were at one point possibly the best players in the world, some of them to reach number one, and never got that monkey off their back. So I know where Kevin's going with that one. If you look at Sned's career, you could say the argument against Kuchar and against Fowler that his record's as good or better, and maybe he's the best in the world without a major. Kev, are you with us? Do we have you back? Well, I didn't like your comments. That's right. I thought you dropped in for a mighty taco, an early lunch down there in Buffalo, a little mighty taco. Kev, uh, FedEx Cup is around the corner. We're with Kevin Sylvester from the PGA Tour radio team, Buffalo Sports Page. You can catch all things Kev, uh, Kevin Sylvester, buffalosportspage.com, and at Kev Sylvester on Twitter. That's at Kev Sylvester on Twitter. Heading into the FedEx Cup, what's the biggest surprise for you, Kev? Because for me... I'll give you mine, and maybe you agree, or maybe you've got something else you're thinking about, but Sergio Garcia has qualified for every FedEx Cup playoff since the inception of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He wins the Masters in 2017, has a decent finish in 2017 to the season, wins uh, over uh, uh, on the other side of the world late in the calendar year 2017. Everybody anticipates big things for Sergio, now playing with house money, and he's in the witness protection program. He goes missing in action and misses the playoffs this year. Is he the biggest surprise, or is there something else I'm missing? No, I think you're spot on. I mean, Sergio... 
not being in it is just stunningly remarkable that uh, he just he didn't make it. Like, what are you talking about? This guy was on top of the world uh, just a year ago. And, you know, not, you know, good for him that, you know, he's got all these exemptions, so there's no worry about him keeping his PJ Tour card. But it just seems unfathomable that Sergio really wasn't a factor in any of the majors this year, missed cuts, and is not going to be in the playoffs. You know, it was a big year off the course for him with the birth of his daughter. So I guess, you know, when you look at things in perspective, uh, that means a whole lot more to him, and it'll be a great comeback story for him next year once he figures the putter out. I mean, when he changed putters this year, you knew, you know, that's the issue, and that's always the issue with these guys for the most part, right? I mean, they can't put the ball in the hole with a flat stick. They are going to struggle. And I guess along those notes, it has been a long year, and we've got guys with multiple wins. We've got guys with three win seasons. And often you see in the FedEx Cup, it comes down to occasionally who has anything left in the tank. You know, Rory, a disappointing year for Rory. He saved it a couple of years ago with a big FedEx Cup playoff run and a win. Who, in your mind, needs a big finish, and who do you think is going to give us one, Kev? Well, I think um, one you mentioned, Rory, right? I mean, he had some fabulous rounds and then really unable to finish. He he finished at the Arnold Palmer, and that was it. I I think Phil needs a big uh, finish here. Phil Mickelson. Now, I have already have him locked in as a captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. Uh, You know, it's one of the things you talk about a lot here in the States. Uh, Who's going to be in Tiger or Phil? I've said both, kind of a a last hurrah for Phil. I agree. I I I think he's got to play well. In the playoffs, I think it's it's got to happen for him. And, you know, one other guy I'll look at, we just say, well, he doesn't really have to show well, but I think we've heard enough of him the second half of the year has been John Rahm. And I, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's worked a lot on getting his emotion under control. And he's super young, super talented. You know, there's a guy that I'd look to see do something here in the playoffs. And talk about, you want to talk about Ryder Cup implications. You know, you want to see Rom do something in the playoffs, as do I. I know the European Ryder Cup wants him to do something, but boy, they had Sergio and Rom penciled in to play together in Paris. And now you got to wonder, you know, is Sergio even on that European Ryder Cup team? Who knows? Has he done enough to deserve to be there? I don't know. Or is Sergio their version of Phil? And he'll just get the nod because of what he's done before in the past. And that's always a scary pick. Kev, I want to switch gears with you here before we let you go and we wind down because you are from Buffalo Sports Page. You've had your finger on the pulse of everything Buffalo Sports for many years. A former voice of the Sabres. I know you were uh, all over the Buffalo Bills as well. AJ goes down. Is this Josh Allen's job now, week one? I got to think he's under snap. Is he not under center for week one for the Bills? He's taking first snaps this morning in practice for the Bills, for the first team. So I think that tells you everything because they're going into week three preseason. That with Sean McDermott, I'll use his words. He says it's rehearsal week uh, for the regular season. He earned the start this coming Sunday in their preseason game. Uh, He deserves to get a chance with the, the first unit to see what he can do. It was just a different pace Friday night, right? McCarron's out there, and it just looks slow, methodical, nothing happened. And then Allen comes in, and it's just like, boom, right? I mean, you just it was like a lightning. It's like Thor was a quarterback throwing lightning bolts, <laughs> right? I mean, it was it was just incredible. But he, but more importantly, he looked comfortable. He looked in command. He looked like he knew what he was uh, doing. So uh, I think for that reason, he's going to get the crack to do it if he plays well on Sunday. 
then I don't think you can deny him being the starting quarterback in uh, week one. Uh, Peterman's like the insurance blanket. Not a great one, in my opinion, but he'll play the same style of offense, play the, uh, the same pace here. Frankly, the injury to McCarron, I, I, I thought maybe save him from being cut like T.J. Yates was last year by the Bills, a veteran quarterback they brought in to compete, and he didn't do well in the preseason, so they got rid of him. I mean, McCarron did nothing to me to say, hey, let's keep three quarterbacks around. And not a bad uh, situation for a rookie quarterback to come into either because if some of that young talent pans out, which uh, they're pointing at saying it will, man, you know, you might only need to score between 11 and 15 points a game to actually win with that Buffalo defense. So it, not a bad situation, is it? Well, it's not. I, I think they're. I think, you know, I'll be honest here. I think they were surprised they made the playoffs last year. I don't think they plan on doing it. I think that's why they traded Watkins and Marcel Darius. They figured it was a rebuilding year, and then they caught a little lightning in the bottle. I think they're going to struggle this year. Um, I, I don't see them as a playoff team. I think if they win six games, that'll be an accomplishment. Their offensive line is going to struggle. And frankly, defensively, I thought the Browns ran, ran on them, their first unit, uh, pretty easily. And with Kyle Williams going down with injury, I, I think the defensive line, I, I think they need some upgrades there, particularly defensive end, if they're going to do anything. So uh, it could be a, a tough year for the Bills, but I'd be happy to be wrong like I was last year. <laughs> All right, Kev, we'll save Sabres for another time, brother, and enjoy the FedEx Cup playoffs. And uh, let's hope, who knows, maybe we get a Tiger win before we uh, could imagine. Maybe we get one in the playoffs. This is the last time they play at TPC Boston, as next year, you know, we're only going to three playoff events. So maybe Tiger, you know, he's won at TPC Boston before. Maybe he gets the last one and ends this conversation uh, early. So. Uh, one can well, only it benefits his foundation, right? Mark. So it benefits That's... his foundation up there. So, uh, yeah, it would be fitting for him to win. Kev, have a great week. Thanks for taking the time. You too, my friend. Anytime. Kevin Sylvester, T to Green Golf, Buffalo Sports Page, my colleague on the PGA Tour radio play-by-play team. Follow him on Twitter, at Kev Sylvester.